You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to this week's episode of Best Camp of My Life, a podcast about MMA. Kind of, but not really, but kind of. I'm your host, Fernanda Prates, and I'm going to spare you the elaborate intro because this is not an elaborate intro kind of day. This is a, I'm just going to be very honest and probably embarrass myself a little kind of day, which frankly is very much like the other days, but with a little less fanfare, I guess. <laughs> I will admit I hesitated a lot to write this episode because I just didn't want to be yet another incredibly privileged white lady putting out some self-serving woe is me cringe into the universe. But I guess my inner Lena Dunham could no longer be contained. If introspective word soup is not your cup of tea, feel free to skip through today's show. I promise I will not take it personally. As long as you lie to me and tell me you listened to the whole thing and loved it. And also that my hair looks nice. Consider buying me a gift, too, since my birthday is next week. Just, just a thought. But the truth is, getting this show out every week has not been easy. And yes, I know what you might be thinking. What's so hard about it? You just sit down in front of a mic, you talk to someone for like an hour and you're done. You don't even edit your own stuff, you lazy asshole. Get a fucking grip, stop whining. And you would actually be right. A little rude if we're being honest, but right. I do have it pretty easy. And I've been incredibly fortunate to have a, an amazing producer slash editor to help me be a whole ass website that not only provides all the logistical support, but actually encourages me and pays me actual money to do this. And last but not least, a nice apartment with a nice microphone and a nice partner, all of which allow me to pursue this relatively simple creative effort with as little complication as possible. I get to live off of MMA full-time, which is more than I can say for so many of my incredibly talented, hardworking, legitimately brilliant colleagues. And I don't even have the pressure of doing it on an intimidatingly large platform with millions of listeners, which means I can get away with so many of my weird, outlandish, and sometimes, let's face it, frankly, stupid ideas. Take all these objective facts about what I do for a living and add them all up and yep, undeniably, it is quite a sweet gig. Unfortunately though, the objective realities of our lives do not take away from the subjective realities that our brains experience. And therein, as the wise men, and by wise men, I mean Clive Owen's character in The Excellent Bang High Spiller Inside Man would say, 
lies the rub. FYI, I am not announcing the end of the show. <laughs> Next week, we'll be back to our regular programming with great guests and timely discourse. In fact, there is nothing of major impact being announced today. This is just me taking kind of a one-week breather and over-explaining my reasons for doing it as the quintessential millennial that I am. I will say I a lot, but feel free to add a we when applicable. I have a feeling it might be. See, I have always been uh, nervous and pessimistic and insecure. And at this point in my life, I've accepted this as part of my personality, almost as an endearing quirk, like the fact that I can't read maps or that I will never understand how airplanes stay up in the sky, no matter how many times you explain it to me. Uh, being nervous and pessimistic and insecure has never stopped me from getting and doing jobs, even jobs I didn't feel prepared for or particularly good at, which, if I'm being honest, describes pretty much every job I have ever had. And it hasn't stopped me from somehow hosting two podcasts and being able to do it consistently through massive geographical moves and a bad case of the COVID brain and all the times in which I honestly thought that if I had to do so much as think of MMA's existence, I would literally burst into a cloud of flames bigger to takes and generic tribal tattoos. Don't get me wrong, I'm not expecting any confetti here. I'm not out here benevolently giving away all of this golden content out of the kindness of my heart or out of some sense of duty. I do it because it's my literal job and because I dig it. I don't really think that putting out a weekly show makes me in any way special or Worthy of praise, I think it makes me capable of being a somewhat functional human, which I still, frankly, find quite surprising. <laughs> I've always just thought that one day, the mere thought of looking at a microphone and sending words out into the world, which can't be very stressful, deceivably stressful, <laughs> would just be too much. And I would just invent some excuse and not do it anymore, but it somehow hasn't happened yet. Granted, I've been doing best camp for less than a year, but again, just because it's not a lot in objective reality, it doesn't mean it's not a lot in the perception of my subjective brain. Not all episodes are particularly great or unique or inspired, but they've always gotten done. And honestly, that's a victory in my world. A pretty boring and insignificant victory in the grand scheme of things, but you know what? I'll take what I can get. Lately, though, it's been getting harder and harder to just get things done. Even the smallest, humblest, most uncomplicated of things. I say this knowing that this is something that a lot of you can probably relate to and are most likely tired of hearing about. As I said, I did hesitate to do this episode, and this is partly why. Like at this point, I think we're pretty much up to our years and we're all burned out and lonely and trapped in a dying planet that only cares about our economic value kind of content. And I didn't want to be just another privileged person talking about all the ways in which a pandemic that has completely appended and or tragically ended so many lives has affected my personal well-being. Like literally all of our well-beings have been affected. Boo-hoo. I, <laughs> I barely have the strength to commute from the couch to the bed. Who does? Cry me a fucking river, Miss Podcaster Lady. At the same time, if there's one thing I have always made it a point to do with any kind of creative product that I put out into the world, it is to be honest and 
to praise mullets and get you to listen to Behind the Bastards and talk shit about horses, but that's beside the point. The point here is that this is me being honest as to the current state of affairs inside this uncooperative anxiety box that is my cranium, which might not be a particularly constructive endeavor, but is one that as a creative, I occasionally allow myself to embark on. Consider this my very own Mad Gala, where I get to be tacky and excessive and self-indulgent under the guise of self-expression. Truth is, I'm sad and apathetic and unmotivated and frankly, all out of creative juice. I have been for a while. I say sad instead of depressed because I don't know the clinical term for what I currently am. I mean, depressed was the clinical term about a year ago when all of my waking moments were fueled by either cardio or gin and I couldn't contemplate a world in which I had to do a single literal thing. It's gotten a little better since uh, I went back to work. I got married, I started a new podcast, I wrote new things, I finished reading books. I reduced my crying to about 18 hours a week. So I really don't know the clinical term for what I am now in this convincingly human form. I haven't seen a therapist in a while, which feels very hypocritical considering how much of an advocate I am for taking your mental health seriously. So yes, I make an example that should not be followed. Alas, that is where I am. Depressed, maybe, said definitely, still doing the things, but only because I need to and never because I want to. An adult person in 2021, basically. Well, the main issue with that is, well, the main issue with that is literally everything. We shouldn't be having to live like this. But the main issue with that is, as it pertains to our podcast slash listener relationship, is that writing, even my kind of writing, which is, let's face it, not exactly Pulitzer level, has been a thing. I am still occasionally able to put words together in a somewhat convincing way, uh, but not the way I know I feel like I should be doing it, or perhaps most importantly, the way I want to be doing it. Again, that is such a small issue in the grand scheme of things, which is a scheme that still involves me having a platform to work and a place to live and a support system that makes me know I will still be taken care of if either of these things ceases to be. But it's also a non-negligible issue considering writing is the only thing I've ever known how to do. <laughs> I honestly don't even know if I am or have ever been an actual good writer, but I have always been a writer ever since I can remember. And struggling with that has meant struggling with Acknowledging my own validity as a human person, basically. Then you add that to the fact that I've moved to a country where I don't know anyone, where I don't have a single friend, where I barely know the language and the traffic rules and the best bathrooms to cry in. And you can kind of see how easy it is to sleep into the whole, who the fuck even am I territory. I can communicate online, of course, and that is what I try to do, but also have you been online? These screens are what allows me to see my family, my friends, and to interact with all the parts of my life that existed before March of 2020. And yet they're also constant reminders of how many shitheads are out there, of just how unjust and fucked up the world truly is, and on an objectively pettier but subjectively relevant way of how insufficient, unaccomplished, and miserably lonely I am. 
Then there's the detail that screens are also the thing that allows me to do my work. Not only because they're what I type words into, but because they're also where I absorb the things that turn into the words that I type. So you can see my predicament here. Again, when I say I, I do it because I can't speak for everyone, but I really do mean we, because I know how many of you are in the same situation. Change some details in geography and marital status and personal propensity to doom and gloom thinking. And I have a feeling that so many of us are finding it a chore to just keep going on about our lives when they seem so silly in the big picture. And by I have a feeling, I mean, I'm seeing too many memes about it. I always thought the end of times would involve cool boots and some Mila Jovovich shit, but apparently it involves watching highlights of it retweeted by Rex Chapman while trying to make a funny little quip about it, which just makes this that much trickier because it truly is such a strange feeling to know your exact brand of discontent is so popular that it is redundant to even discuss it. Perhaps that's why my friends or the variations of that that I have left since Screens and I have been engaged in the silent battle. My friends and I have mostly adopted reheated memes and variations of I'm here followed by heart emojis as our main form of communication. We know exactly what to say, so much so that there is really no need to say it. We get it. We've been there. We are there. It's comforting in a way, but also quite melancholic. This communal experience of aloneness. Why am I saying all of this, you ask? That is a good question, but one that I unfortunately do not have a great answer to. Perhaps because another episode day approached and I just didn't really have anything else to say. My original plan was to do yet another Q&A episode, thus allowing me to cheat my own brain and put out content that neither asked too much of my ability to string words together in a coherent manner, nor gave away my current state of existential disinterest in the discourse, trademark. But with each RT that I pushed in hopes of getting more engagement on the goddamn tweet, the more I realized that for whatever reason, people just didn't have that much interest in asking me things right now. Which, again, I don't say in a woe is me way as much as I say in a this makes absolute sense considering how uninvolved I have been in a space that is crowded with very talented people who have lots of insight and great opinions kind of way. Maybe it was the day, maybe it was the fact that I've done Q&As already, maybe it was just the fact that I haven't sounded that interesting lately, because I haven't felt that interesting lately. Fact is, my attempt to soothe my creative anxiety backfired spectacularly. And that's the other aspect of it all, isn't it? In this line of business, it's not enough to just do things. We also have to constantly show people that we're doing things and that they are many things. And then we need to promote the things and engage with the things and remind people of why our things, which in case you forgot are many, many things, are cooler than the other things. And at this point, I don't really have the energy or to be quite frank, the self-belief to do any of those things. I don't know if my things are any cooler than the other things. They're just things that I do and hope that people who like things happen to like as well. That, however, is not a very convincing sales pitch, is it? 
how can you expect people to admire you and consequently care about what you have to say if you don't say it very loudly, confidently, and repetitively, but like in a chill way? Attention-seeking really turns people off, you know. It's interesting to hear people's dismissal when we address struggles dealing with negative experiences on social media as if things really are just as simple as uninstalling Twitter off your phone and logging off. Just, you know, go back to your quote-unquote real life, whatever the fuck that is, and walk out in nature, see a waterfall, pat a baby giraffe, do some yoga or unclench your jaw or some shit. Sure, we can do all of that, but then in the meantime, how will people know about all of the many things that we do? How many takes will be relinquished? How many opportunities to be seen and heard will be missed? How many other makers of things will be able to do the thing you were supposed to make if you weren't too distracted by your own stupid humanity. If your name isn't out there firmly attached to all the things that you do, is it even worth anything? I guess the solution would be to make sure to do the things and exist enough to talk about the things and engage in people's discussions of the things, but make sure not to exist to the point where people's thoughts on the things or on the you that is attached to the things actually get to you. It's a simple fix, really. Except it's really fucking not, because it's an impossible balance. We're expected to exist in this constant state of information inundation and gracefully swim through it, knowing just when to ride the current and when to come up for air, retaining the ability to distinguish up from down and right from left, even as it pulls us under and drags us up, all while also distinguishing debris from floating devices. We set these lines between our real and fake lives and expect ourselves to know exactly how to tell them despite the fact that the lines are fucking fake too. This might be a bit of a controversial take, but I do tend to believe that all parts of our existence, emotional or otherwise, are necessarily part of real life. And I'm just gonna go a little wild here. I think you're allowed to feel it as such. But in any case, yes. Other than the fact that everything is falling apart and we're all existentially confused cogs in the things-making machine, there's the theme of my particular doing of things. While I tend to kind of stray from that basic fact very often, Best Camp is a show about MMA. And as you may or may not have noticed by literally everything I say and write, MMA has become somewhat of a tense subject matter for me. I got involved in the sport about 12 years ago when I was still in college. I have lived an entire professional life since then and about four or five different emotional lives and naturally my optics have changed. I won't even get into all the problematic aspects of the sport on account of 90% of the episodes of this show being about the problematic aspects of the sport, but I will say this, 12 years is a long ass time particularly when you live things like I have lived MMA, which was for a long time pretty full on. Put it like this, the way I place most major events of my 20s is in comparison to UFC events. And I don't even mean like major pay-per-view events where I got to have major professional breakthroughs. I mean like Jaraguá do Sul events where I got to see a fighter basically flood a communal locker room with vomit. I'm not going to say that is the saddest aspect of my existence because competition there is pretty stiff, but it's up there. 
Again, in many ways, this means I'm fortunate. I've had the opportunity to actually live off of MMA for most of my professional life, and I understand how rare this is. I am incredibly grateful. But I'm also at this point unsure of whether I'm really out here getting to live out my passion or if I'm just getting to live out the only life that I'm used to because I'm afraid I won't be any good at any other version of it, which might not be the smartest thing to say to people who are literally here to hear me talk about MMA. But I guess if you've made it this far into this episode, you're probably familiar with some of the workings of my brain and probably cool with it. I don't get it, but I appreciate it. And please don't think this is an MMA is awful and my may be too good for it kind of thing, because it is not. There are so many ways of doing impactful, meaningful MMA reporting. Just look at people like Steven Morocco, Guy Cruz, or Karim Zidem, and being actual voices for positive change. I just don't happen to be any of them right now, which is much more... Uh, I'm depressed and detached and lacking the drive to exist in very basic terms as a human, let alone to pursue worthy endeavors and produce actual meaningful work thing than an MMA thing, as you know, I've been trying to explain for the past 3,000 words or so. Again, why am I saying all of this? Again, I really don't know. <laughs> I just, I realized I didn't have an episode because I didn't really have anything to say. And I figured I would write about why I didn't have an episode and why I didn't really have anything to say. And hmm, I ended up saying a lot of things. <laughs> Very on brand, if you ask me. I hope this was okay and that you will forgive my moment of cringe. As I said, I've been lacking a little on the communicating with humans department, and I kind of lost my neck for what is acceptable or not. Thank you for listening. Either way, this has been the best camp of my life. I will see you all next week.